Good evening. If you'll open your Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's a blessing to be back. I tell you, just thinking, you know what a blessing is to be in a revival meeting? Uh, old Vance Habner said that, uh, you know, when we go to church, we ought to always think, you know, this may be the night. This may be the night. Uh, for what? Well, for God to do something special. Amen. And this could be the night that God does something special uh, in your life. In fact, He will do something special if you'll just allow Him to do that. Amen. And so, you have your Bibles open to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, let's begin reading in verse 6, reading down through verse 8. The Apostle Paul writing says, But this I say, He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Amen. And then if you will turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. Just one other verse tonight for this, at, at this time anyway. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Hebrews 2, 1. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. You know... Uh, it's so easy, it seems like, and we have a lot of help from the enemy to cause things to slip that we've heard. Amen? And uh, God says that we need to take earnest heed uh, about the things that we have heard. That is, we ought to get a hold of them and hang on to them, lest we let them slip and we lose them. Amen? Well, I'm going I'm to preach tonight about the uh, matter of faith promise giving. And I want to say that there's some things about faith promise giving that we need to remind ourselves and, uh, and remind ourselves again and remind ourselves again about what God says here in these verses we read tonight in Second Corinthians chapter 9. I said uh, Sunday morning that, and, and I'm sure you know this to be a fact, that God has devoted two complete consecutive chapters in the Bible and then a part of another chapter, the ch chapter following, chapter 10. Uh, he's taken Second Corinthians chapter 8, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, and the last part of Second Corinthians 10, all dealing with faith, promise, missionary support. Amen? So therefore, God must think it's awfully important. And I want to consider some things about that matter with you tonight. And I hope you'll put aside any preconceived ideas you have and just listen and if God says something to you out of His Word, then you just accept it. If not, uh, just lay it aside. But let me say, first of all, that we have to uh, keep reminding ourselves uh, in this matter of faith promise. We have to keep reminding ourselves what the purpose of our giving is. Amen? Uh, you know, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll just get to where we'll just do something. But just because we've done it uh, for so long, it becomes... A habit, and there can be some good habits, I guess, in some way. But we need to keep reminding ourselves what the purpose of our faith promise giving is. 
What is the purpose of our faith promise giving? Well, first of all, I believe it's to obey God's primary command to us as the church. You know, we, we only have one real reason for existence. Uh, really, we only have one real reason to be able to open the doors up here, to put a sign out front saying church, put a steeple on the top to identify us, uh, to pass a collection plate, and that is that we're doing what God has uh, commissioned this church to do. You see, there, there are a lot of uh, related things you can do, but there's one primary thing that God has given us as church to do. Amen? Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, it, and, and we, get, so we can get so sidetracked. Amen? So many churches are sidetracked. Uh, we, have, we ought to have a, a you know, tunnel vision about the call of God and the command of God, and that is we ought to realize that God's given us one primary thing to do, and that is to evangelize the world. So the, the, the first thing I'm saying is that, that uh, we need to remind ourselves that, that we're giving because God has commanded us to do it. We're doing it to obey God who has commanded us, amen, to go into all the world. And I was thinking today, you know, every, every place that God gives a command to go, there is implied a command to give because you can't go unless someone gives, amen. And so we're, we're, we're obeying God's primary command to us. And boy, that makes me feel good to realize that I'm, I'm doing what God has told me to do. And, and I want to be involved in that. Uh, you know, uh, in the second place in, the, in, this, in this same area, the second thing that happens here when we uh, uh, involve ourselves in giving, our faith, promise, mission, or offering, is that we are proving uh, to ourselves and pray, proving to God and proving to anyone else that wants to uh, be aware of it, we're proving the sincerity of our love. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, in verse 8, that our giving is to prove the sincerity of our love. Now, you know, it's easy to say, I love Jesus. That takes a little bit of air uh, moving over my, uh, you know, my, my vocal cords here. Is that all? all it does is just take a little bit of air, you know? I love Jesus. All right? Uh, everybody here could say that. I love Jesus. We could stand all night and say, I love Jesus. But you know, you really prove that love. It's kind of like husbands and wives. Uh, some of you husbands, you tell your wife, I love you. I love you. I love you. And that's about all you ever do is just tell them you love them. Amen? Uh, we're supposed to prove the sincerity of our love by that, that which we do for that wife. Amen? Amen. Amen. And the same is true about, about Jesus. We really prove how sincere we are. Uh, I used to say when I was a kid growing up, uh, when someone would challenge me on something, put your money where your mouth is. You ever, you ever hear that phrase? Put your money where your mouth is. Amen. Someone says, well, my car can outrun your car. Well, you put your money where your mouth is. Amen. Let's get the money. Well, I'm not trying to tell you to do that, but I'm saying that's, that, I wasn't saved, and you understand? All right. But I'm saying that God is saying to us, as believers, you love Jesus, put your money where your mouth is. Amen? If you want to really prove that you love Jesus, the only way you can really prove you love Jesus is by your giving. You know, uh, Martin Luther said that it takes three books to run God's work. It takes the Bible book, it takes a song book, and it takes the pocket book. Amen? And he said it's not hard to get folks with that Bible book 
and the songbook, boy, to get that pocketbook is something else. And when you get the pocketbook, when you get a man's pocketbook, you got him. Amen? The last thing man gives up is that pocketbook. He'll, he'll struggle to the last gasping breath, amen, with that, amen. But when he gives up, and you know, by the way, folks, and I say this from my heart, uh, it, it is a wonderful, liberating thing when you get, you get victory in this matter of giving. When you get free about giving in the sense of just being open to God to be willing to do whatever God shows you to do. I mean, no, no, uh, you know, no guidelines, no, no reservations, no, nothing held back. God, whatever you show me, God, I'm open to do whatever you tell me to do. Boy, that's wonderful, isn't it? Amen. I mean, it's wonderful. <laughs> it really is. Uh, and, uh, and so <clears throat> the purpose of our faith promise given, we have to remind ourselves, I'm doing this because God said to do it. I'm doing it because it proves how sincere my love is. I'm not just, it's not just words. I really do love Jesus, and I prove it. You know, and, and I'd go back and say this, and this is just a little freebie, but you men ought to prove your love to your wife. I mean, either that or just stop saying it, amen? Quit, quit lying. If you, if you love your wife, show, you, show her you love her, amen? Amen. Uh, take her some flowers, amen? Quit being such a cheapskate. And buy some flowers. Uh, buy her something she likes. Buy her some beautiful, you know, something she enjoys putting on herself, a cologne or whatever, you know. Uh, amen. Uh, prove that. But, but God said we can prove the sincerity of our love for Jesus by, by our giving. And then the, the third thing that, that uh, in, in this purpose we need to keep reminding ourselves is that we're, we're giving in order to provide adequately for our missionaries. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul said there in, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord. He's writing to the church of Philippi. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. It made the missionary Paul happy that, that uh, their care of him. They cared for missionaries. And they proved that they cared for missionaries by doing something about it in a financial way. He said, Your care of me hath flourished once again. It wasn't just a matter of just words of care. It was expressions of care. It was a proof of care. Amen? Uh, and, and, and then he said in verse uh, uh, 16, For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. You see, missionaries have a necessity. The necessity is, is to have funds, amen, to do the work that God's called them to do. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I said, uh, was it last night I mentioned... Uh, or maybe Sunday morning, I mentioned about God bless yous. Uh, you know, you cannot, you cannot, you, did you ever go down to the service station? I've tried this, it doesn't work, and pull in and say, I want a tank full of God bless yous. The guy said, we don't, we don't operate on that basis here. We, uh, we, uh, we operate on the basis of money. Amen? Well, I got a bunch of God bless yous up there at Tabernacle Baptist Church, and I just like to put them in my tank. Well, I'm sorry, sir, we got to have greenbacks, money. Amen? Amen. Uh, I, I, told, I told you I've tried to cook them. Amen. I've, I've, I've boiled them. I've fried them. I've stewed them. And, and they just don't fill you up. Amen. God bless you don't. But, you know, in, uh, to do something tangible in the matter of giving. Amen. And that's what Paul's talking about. He's saying that uh, you did something in a tangible way. Amen. You sent, once again, into my necessity. And they do have necessities. Amen. Uh, they, they, they have to... 
they have to eat like you and I have to eat. Amen? Missionaries eat. Did you know that? I mean, they, they actually have an appetite. And they have to wear clothing. And they have to, they have to you know, drive in the gas station and fill up. They have to, you know, do all the things you and I have to do. Amen? And so uh, we need to remind ourselves why we're giving. We're giving to obey God. We're giving to, to prove our love for Jesus, to prove we really love Him. We're giving in order to meet the, uh, the needs of the missionaries. Amen? And then the fourth reason, and this is a tremendous reason, is that sinners might be saved. You think about that. Did you know that, that actually your, your giving, your money, uh, doesn't end up in an offering plate when you give your faith promise offering? It doesn't end up in this plate here. Amen? It doesn't end up in the church office back there. It doesn't end up in the bank here in town. Where it ends up, really, eventually, is in some soul being saved on the mission field. That's where it ends up. Amen. I mean, brother, uh, you know, I, I have known of people being saved for as little as one penny. I, I, I know of a case in, in India where uh, a, a child gave a penny and, and a, a track was bought with that penny. And that track was given to a man in India, and that man was saved by reading that track. Other people, of course, it takes more than that, of course. But you know, somewhere around three dollars per soul is uh, is about uh, the best I can figure. About three dollars for about every, every three dollars given, someone is saved. Now you talk about investment. Now that is an investment. Amen. I mean, you, you can't buy men's salvation in one sense, but you can sure give that God may use missionaries to win them to Christ. And so I'm saying that, that the, 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 the bottom line is this, is that we remind ourselves I'm giving because out there somewhere, someone's going to be saved because I'm giving this money. Amen? Amen. Now, come on, loosen up here. I'm not going to take a collection tonight. I'm not going to pass the plate. I'm just preaching to you. I'm trying to help you a little bit. All right? All right. Amen. I'm just talking about what the Bible says about the matter. We, we need to remind ourselves lest these things slip, you know. And, and you can forget, I, 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 let me just give you this illustration. Uh, a, a preacher uh, went on a radio station because he had a real burden to preach the gospel. And he bought him 15 minutes on the radio station. And he went on, and, and, and for the first week, he preached about 14 minutes and took the last... Uh, 30 seconds to make an appeal for money. And he thought, boy, I tell you, this is wonderful, being a radio preacher, preaching the gospel. And uh, every day he'd, he'd bring that message, 14 and a half minutes, and then, uh, and, and then take about half a minute to make an appeal for offerings. Well, he went that whole week and went down to the post office, and there was nothing. Well, he thought I better do something a little different. So the next week he preached... Uh, 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 he preached about 13 minutes and took about two minutes to make an appeal. He thought, that'll do it. I'll just, uh, you know, tell folks now, folks, you need to support this radio minister here where I can keep preaching the gospel. And in that week, went down to the post office, nothing. Well, he said, I better do something different. So the next week, he preached 10 minutes and, and took five minutes to make an appeal and to beg people to send in money. That week came to the end. He went down to the post office, nothing. So the next week he preached about five minutes and took ten minutes to make an appeal. You follow where I'm going? He lost track of really what he started out to do. Amen. 
And if you're not, you and I are not careful, we'll lose track of and we'll forget really why we're doing what we're doing. I mean, what, what we start out to do, we start out to honor and obey God to prove the sincerity of our love. Amen. Uh, I mean, brother, to, to provide adequately for our missionaries and to see sinners saved. Amen. And we need to remind ourselves. Amen. When you put that money in that offering every Sunday, you need to remind yourself, I'm obeying God. Amen. And I'm proving to, to Him, I'm not just, it's not just words with me. Amen. And, uh, and I'm going to help our missionaries out there. This is going to help someone get down the road and buy Bibles and tracts and, 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 and reach people. And, and eventually sinners are going to be saved because of this offering I'm putting this envelope this morning. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Amen. The second thing we must keep reminding ourselves, amen. The second thing we must keep reminding ourselves is what God's principles of giving are. God has some principles that are peculiar to faith promise giving. Uh, uh, the first principle that, that, that we, need to, we need to remind ourselves is that we have to sow if we're going to reap. Amen. Now, can you imagine a, a farmer coming in here uh, and joining his church and then saying one night when you're having, uh, having prayer request, and this farmer stands up and says, uh, uh, Brother Harvey, would you pray for me that I might have a bumper crop this year? I mean, I, you know, I've got 100 acres out there, and would you pray that God would give me a bumper crop this year? And Brother Harvey said, well, we, we, we'd do that, I guess. Uh, what did you plant that, that 100 acres in? Oh, I haven't planted anything. But if God will give me a bumper crop, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant something next year. Or you'd say, oh, just a minute, brother. Yeah, that's not the way it works. You don't get a bumper crop without planting something. Amen? In other words, you have to sow if you're going to reap. Amen? The reaping is not first and then the sowing. It's the sowing and then the reaping. All right? He says here, but this I say, he which soweth. Amen? will reap. That's what he says. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. And, uh, but the thing is, you have to sow. Look, at, look if you will, or, or you, you may, I'm sure most of you are familiar with this verse, but look, in, look at it anyway, Luke 6 and verse 38. I want you to look at it. I know you know it, but look at it anyway. Just turn to Luke six thirty-eight, And notice the first word in that, in that verse. When you, when you find it, someone just say it out, out loud for me. What is the first word there in that verse? Oh, really? Uh-huh. It doesn't say it shall be given to you first. What does it say first? It says give. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over shall men give into your bosom. But God says, you give, and then God says, I'll give. But He says, you first. You see, in this matter of faith promise, we pray and ask God what He wants us to give, and He shows us, and we put that on the faith promise card that we turn in, if you do that here, or whatever, however you make your commitment, and then you just give that. Amen? You give it. Amen? And you expect God then to give it back. Amen? And He will. You just give it. You give. God gives. You give. God gives. It's just that way. Now, don't expect to fall out of the sky. 
I've never had any offering fall out of the sky on my head. Amen. Don't expect to dig up a buried treasure, but God will give it. I promise you that. I've lived long enough, been involved in this matter of faith promise giving now 42 years. Made our first faith promise offering in 1962. So I, I know something about it. And uh, I'm saying that God says you have to sow first and then you reap. All right? All right? Uh, Selah. Ain't that something? Amen? Where's my man at? Where's my man at? Got a man here promised me he's going to stand up and say Selah real good and loud. Amen? Yeah, I don't see him here. Oh, there he is over there. Come on now. Amen. <clears throat> well, say something. Amen. Amen or old me or whatever. Amen. But the, the point is, <clears throat> in the matter of faith, promise, giving, we need to remind ourselves, I have got to take the initiative. I've got to take the first step. I give and then God gives. See, that's the way, that's the way it works. And uh, uh, secondly, uh, we need to remind ourselves that what we sow is what we reap. Now, this is the tough one. This is the hardest, this is the, absolutely the hardest thing I've ever preached. I mean that. I mean, I mean, I can preach on hell and it's not as hard as getting Baptists to believe what I'm going to say now. And that is what we sow is what we reap. Even though we say we believe the Bible, we believe all the Word of God, we believe it from cover to cover, and yet most of us don't really believe uh, the Galatians 6, 7 that says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We don't believe that. Now, we believe in a negative way. We believe, well, if you sow uh, to the flesh, you'll of the flesh reap corruption. Uh, you know, if you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind, all that. But you know, he didn't say you just reap the bad things. He said, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And he tells us in Proverbs, if a man would have friends, he must do what? Show himself friendly. You sow friendliness, you reap friendliness. Amen? You, you, whatever you sow, God says you're going to reap. For instance, let me illustrate it like this. See if you can help me here. Uh, that's a, that's a, a seed there, all right? And uh, you, if you can read it from where you're sitting here, it's a, it's a corn, a kernel of corn, all right? All right, you see that? Now, if I plant that here in Killeen, Texas, on some good soil out here, what would I expect to reap from that? Is that the way it works here in Killeen? Yeah, I, get, I get corn. Boy, that's, that's good. Praise the Lord. All right, now here's a, there's a sunflower seed. Young people love to eat sunflower seeds, good and salted down. And uh, that's a sunflower seed. If I plant that sunflower seed here and just go to a hot Texas sun in August, what would I get? Sunflowers. Amen? Right. Amen. That's good. Now, there's another seed. That's a pinto bean. Now, that's a lifesaver for many of us who grew up back during the Depression. Uh, that's what saved our life. Amen? Pinto beans. And uh, if I plant that pinto bean here, what would I expect to get? Some of you are getting a little scared like I'm getting ready to spring a trap on you. Hold on. I'm just pinto beans, right. That's a tomato seed. <clears throat> My favorite of all tomatoes. I love them. Really do with a good old salt shaker and a tomato bush. I tell you, I could almost kill myself. If I plant that tomato seed here, what should I expect to get? Huh? Tomatoes? Someone said a bellyache. <laughs> well, maybe so. Amen? There's a rice seed. Now, I know you need to have that in probably winter soil around like Houston and 
over around Louisiana, but if I planted that in the right kind of soil, what would I expect to get? Rice. You stay with me now. Don't, now don't change horses now. Okay. Now that I have one other seed here. Uh, uh, now if I plant that, what should I expect to get? Someone said blessings. That's not a blessing. What should I expect to get if I plant that? You see, that's the hardest thing to get people to believe because we feel like that's very unspiritual. To, to plant money, you expect to get money? Well, God said, whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Uh, I know that many of us are reacting to all, a lot of this crazy stuff on television and, and radio that you maybe have heard or seen, uh, heard about or seen or whatever, of these televangelists who are trying to raise you know, all, you know, all this stuff here. And they got, they got all kinds of plans to try to, you know, build people out of money. Uh, you know, that, that's a whole different deal. Amen. You see, they're, they're, what, they, what they preach is that, is that you give to get to keep. What the Bible teaches is that you give to get to give. To get. To give. To get, to give. That's what, what the Bible teaches, you see. Is that yes, you do give to get, to give. Again, amen? And, uh, and so, uh, we need to remind ourselves that God has some principles about the matter of giving. And one is we've got to sow if we're going to reap. And the second is, is that we reap what we sow. Yes, Brother Joe. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Someone here, help me. Amen. Selah. Thank you, preacher. Amen. Amen. And then, uh, thirdly, we reap more than we sow. Amen. If a man went out and planted a, a, a corn, you know, a seed of corn, and it grew up and put on one ear on the stalk and had one kernel on that ear, he would give up planting crops. Amen. But he plants one kernel of corn and it comes up on a nice stalk and puts on usually two ears, maybe three, and, and the, the ears are usually filled with, with those kernels of corn. We reap more than we sow. Amen? And that's true. Amen? In God's way is, it, is that we have to sow to reap. We reap what we sow, and we reap more than we sow. Amen? Now, what, why is that? Is that we might be able to then sow more. Not only sow again, but we might be able to sow more. God wants us to grow in grace. Amen? Uh, when I started out back there in 1962, my wife and I, Doris and I, we made our first faith promise. It was $5 a week. And brother, that was something back in 1962. My, my, our income at that time was $24 a week when we made our first faith promise. So that was a whopping uh, faith promise for us. It don't sound like much now, $5 a week. But I guarantee you, it was, uh, it was something for us. And, and, and we, uh, we, we, we gave that for a whole year. God enabled us to give that $5 a week, even though we had five children making $24 a week and had all the needs that everybody else had, and yet God helped us to do it. And uh, we got to the end of that year, we'd given $5 a week for 52 weeks. And so the next year we prayed, and I thought, you know, that was a test that God had put me through. And he was going to get me down to a reality like maybe a dollar a week. And I prayed. And I made a mistake of praying. And God said, I want you to double it to $10 a week. Yes, we're making a little bit more money now. 
Because you see, the Bible says that uh, he gives and presses it down and shakes it together and runs it over. Amen? And, and, uh, and, it get, and you, 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 you reap more than you sow. And so we've sowed $5 a week for that year. The next year, God said $10 a week, and so we upped it and gave $10 a week for all that year. The next year, we prayed again, and God said, I want you to double it again to $20 a week. We did that. And the next year, we prayed, and God said, I want you to double it to $40 a week, and we did that. And the next year, we prayed, and God said, double it to $80 a week. We did that. Amen. And then the year, every year after that, in since then, God had just said more. And He's shown us how much more. And we've added to it. Until today, the biggest expenditure, the biggest check we write every week is to faith promise. It's bigger than a house payment, bigger than a car payment, bigger than a grocery bill, bigger than anything else. What am I saying? I'm saying that we reap more than we sow. Amen? And so God enables us to give more and, and, and to give more. Amen? And to give more. Amen? And you say, well, what's a... What's a man in there ended? I mean, in there, in there, some place. I mean, you know. After all, you know, you get out here on the limb. Well, you, how 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 big is God? How big? How really? How big is God? It, it, does God have a limit? I mean, really, does does God have a limit? I heard about the two little men swimming along in the Pacific Ocean, and one little men said to his fr- fellow men, "Man, I'm thirsty," and the Men said, you're what? He said, I'm thirsty. Well, he said, man, won't you take a drink? <clears throat> he said, well, I'm afraid I might drink this pond dry. Well, you know, that, that reminds me how somehow we, we are thinking about God. Like we could exhaust God or we could, we could drink, you know, the pond of God's provision dry. Why, it's impossible. Amen? It's impossible. Uh, and, and, and so... The Bible teaches us that we've got to sow, we're going to reap. And what we sow, we do reap. And then we reap more than we sow. Amen? I remember visiting Brother and Mrs. Dick Keel. Thinking about this pressed down and shaking together, running over. She'll men giving you bosom. I remember visiting them one day. And Mrs. Keel said to me after we had been visiting for a while. And she said, Brother West, is anybody giving you pecans this year? I said, no, we, I haven't got any pecans. It was pecan season. And so she and Brother Keel got up and said, well, come out in the back. We're going to give you some, some pecans. And went out there, and they had a great big old paper sack, one of these big old H-E-B paper sacks. And they popped it open and set up on a table there. And Brother Keel picked up a great big old bushel basket full of pecans and began pouring some in that sack. And I thought they'd probably give me maybe a third of that sack full, which would be a lot of pecans. And he poured that forward until he filled that sack up to the top with pecans. I'm talking about a big grocery sack. And I said, wow, thank you, Brother Keel. And Mrs. Keel, and I started to get it, and Brother Keel said, just a minute. And I stepped back, and he picked that sack up, and he said, whoop, whoop. And those pecans sunk down in that sack. I didn't know that. I mean, they were, they were fudging. Amen. They, they act like they were full, and they weren't full. And they settled down in that sack. And so he took that bushel basket and poured more until it's filled up to the brim. And I said, well, thank you. And I started to get it. And Brother Keel said, just a minute, Brother West. And I stepped back. And he took it one more time. I said, whoop, whoop. And it went down again. Amen. And he took that basket and poured. And God said, you see what he's doing? That's what I mean there in Luke 6, 38. Press down. Shaking together. 
running over. Amen? Amen. That, that's, the way God, that's the way God operates. Amen? If Dick and Brother and Mrs. Dick Keel can give pecans like that, think of what God can do. Amen? He's got a great big bushel basket. Amen? He really has. And uh, bigger than what Brother and Mrs. Keel had. And so, what a blessing that uh, we reap more than we sow. And the reason, as I said, is first of all because God's concerned about you. God does care about you. You know, some people in this world may use other people. But God doesn't use people. God loves His people. Amen? But He works through His people. He allows us to go into business with Him. As I said last night, to share with Him. And uh, he'll, he'll give through us what He won't give to us. But He'll also give to us at, at, at that same time. God will bless you personally. Amen? And so uh, we need to keep reminding ourselves of what God's principles about giving are. Amen? Selah. <laughs> Ain't that something? Then the third thing, we must keep reminding ourselves of who the person is that is to give. Well, I want you to look back in 2 Corinthians again, if you will. Turn back to chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. I want you to look at it yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I want you to look at verse 7. And I want, uh, I want someone here, one, one of these young people that surrendered the mission field. Would you stand up and read those first two words? One of the young people that surrendered the mission field. Stand up and read the first two words of verse 7 of chapter 9. Okay, sit good and loud, son. One more time. Can you say it louder than that? Good, thank you. Every man, every man, every man. Uh, well, I get the impression that everybody's supposed to be involved. Huh? Is that, what, is that the idea you'd get from that? When he says every man, that he means every man? And he doesn't just mean men. I'm not talking about just the... Male genders, talking about every person, every one of us, amen. Uh, every one of us, according as he purposes in heart, so let him give. Uh, we keep, need to remind ourselves that God expects every one of us to have a part. If you're, if you're a child of God, whether you're 6 or 60 or, or 70 or 80 or whatever you may be, or anywhere in between there, and you're a child of God, God expects you to have a part in supporting missionaries through your church here. And God, God will work with you. I, I promise you that God will work with you if you'll, if you'll, you boys and girls, if you'll ask God, He'll show you what to do. And He will even provide for you in ways you cannot imagine. I heard about one little boy who came on the bus to one church. And uh, he, uh, he made a faith promise during the World Mission Revival in their church of 25 cents a week. And, uh, you know, the Sunday school teacher happened to know that little, little Tommy didn't have, he never had brought an offering. He never had, his parents never gave him anything. And she was suspect that uh, they were giving him money now, but every week he had 25 cents to put in that offering and vote for missionary work. And so one day she said to him, uh, Tommy, do you mind me asking, does your mom and dad give you that 25 cents? He said, no, ma'am. Well, where do you get that 25 cents at? And he kind of ducked his head and kind of blushed and, uh, well, where do you get at, Tommy? Well, he said, um, you know, after church, he said, you know those pews there in the church? And 
those cushions said I go down and I take my finger and I go along in that crack in that in that cushion and I go along and said I always find at least a quarter well God lets it drop out of someone who's robbing God I guess out of their pocket falls in there and little Tommy get his quarter amen for his faith promise amen uh now, you say, well, Brother Joe, you don't really believe it. Yeah, I know that to be a fact. Amen. And I'm saying that that's just one of so many thousands and thousands and thousands of, of experiences of boys and girls who've made a faith promise to God and how God just opens up something, some means, some way. Amen. For them to have that faith promise. And boy, what a blessing when they see God working in their life. Amen. What a blessing it is. Amen. Folks say, you know, uh, do you really believe there's a real God? Man, I don't believe there's a real God. I know there's a real God. Amen. You believe He's really alive? Man, I know He's alive. Amen? Man, I, I talked to Him just a few minutes ago. Amen? I mean, brother, God, I mean, my whole, my whole life is depending on God. Amen? Literally depending upon God. And I'm saying that uh, we need to remind ourselves who the person is that is to give. And it should be every one of us. doesn't matter if you're on a fixed income. Or if you uh, uh, have a uh, you know if you have a regular job making a certain amount of money, or, or whatever your circumstance in life may be, you may be a a, a homemaker, a housewife, tr- the greatest of all jobs, for I'm concerned, and the one the most noble of all jobs, in my opinion, I believe, brother. I tell you, I salute those who are uh, moms at home that that keep the home and and the house and all. I tell you, thank God for them. Amen. And. Uh, and whoever you may be, I, I know that we had a, a lady come uh, one time in our church, and, and she told me, she said, Brother West, I'm going to tell you about what God did for me last year. She said, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm a housewife, and I don't have a job making a salary or making income. But said, you know, I just felt led to make a faith promise myself. And she said, I, I promised God a dollar a week. And this had been some years back. Uh, Mrs. Alvin Jackson, Lillian Jackson. And uh, she said, you know, I didn't know what in the world, how God was going to supply it, but I knew he wanted me to make a faith promise. And she said, I, I promised God a dollar a week, and turned that card in. And she said, uh, you know, the very next week, she said, I was making some of these little potholders, which I just do because I enjoy doing that. And she said, I heard a knock on the door, and I went to the door, and my brother-in-law was there. And uh, he was asking for my husband, and he saw I had in my hand one of these potholders that I, I, I make. And she Said he after he asked where my husband was. Said asking, "What are you, what are you doing with those potholders?" Well, I make them. Well, do you sell them? She said, "Well, no, I never have." He said, "Well, would you would you sell them?" And she said, "Well, I guess I would." And he said, "Well, what, how much would you charge for them?" Well, she said, "I guess a dollar a piece." And said he took two of them and gave me two dollars. Amen. And she said, "I just thought, thank you, Lord. There's two weeks of my faith promise." Amen. And she said, all year long, Brother West, God had various ways that He provided. I had that dollar a week to put in for my faith promise. Amen. You know, God's aware. If, he, if He's got the hairs of our head numbered, He knows what our needs are, don't you think? Amen. He surely has. And, and, uh, and, and when we make a, a commitment to Him, we're not making a commitment, folks, to, to, to Tabernacle Baptist Church. Your faith promise is not making to this church. You're really making that to God. It's between you and God. Amen. I mean, I don't know whether y'all turn cards in here or not, but if you do, you don't put probably don't put your name on it, and so it's just you and God, Amen, Amen, and you're and you're giving that to God, Amen, and God is aware of that, and God knows what you what you you know what you need to 
to meet that need. He, he wants to go into partnership with you. What a partnership that really is. So we need to remind ourselves uh, what, uh, who the person is that is to be involved uh, in giving. <clears throat> and then in the fourth place, we need to remind ourselves who we promised. You know, when you make a faith promise, who are you promising? Well, as I've already said, it's not the pastor. Amen. It's not a fellow Christian. The Bible says in, in verse 7 here, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. Who do, who do we deal with in our heart? There's only one person we can deal with in our heart. And that's God. Amen. And so we need to remind us of who we promised. We, we, we didn't promise uh, you know, uh, uh, an institution. Uh, we didn't promise an organization. We didn't promise an individual. Amen. We promised God Himself. Amen. Our promise we make every year, and our faith promise, brother, is a sacred thing between us and God. It's a vertical promise, not a horizontal promise, a vertical promise. Amen. We're promising God. Amen. And, and, and young, I almost hear someone saying, well, brother Joe, I just don't, I just don't believe in making promises. Oh, really? Huh? I wonder, how'd you buy that house that you're living in? How'd you get that car you're driving? You go down and say, hey, fellas, I just want to give you my word. I'll make payments on this, this car. Amen? And they took it your word, you reckon? Or do you sign something? Did you promise something? Amen? Amen? You know, in, in, in that 8th chapter of Second Corinthians, in verse 5, the Bible says that these Macedonian believers first gave their own selves unto the Lord. It is really important, fellas tonight, and ladies tonight, and boys and girls tonight, and young people tonight, it is really very important that you make sure that you are in the will of God, and that you are given over to God, amen, obedient to God. I mean, if you're out of the will of God, you'll make, a, you'll make some kind of commitment that you won't keep. Make sure that you're in the will of God when you make a promise. Amen? And by the way, the promise you make is for an entire year. Okay? I mean, 52 weeks. Amen? And that means even if, if you, you get transferred out or whatever, uh, if you make a commitment here, you ought, to, you ought to send it here because this church will... Will, will, will commit themselves to missionaries based on what you commit to the church here or through the church here. And so it, you ought to carry that through even if you get transferred out, uh, whatever, uh, and leave the service, whatever. You ought to carry through for a year if you, even if you leave town. Amen? It's a, it's a, it's a year. It's a year's thing. And uh, that's the way that, that, uh, that God's always honored that, I believe, in uh, us making a commitment for a year's time. And, brother, we just, we just do it week after week. And God uh, blesses that. But we need to make sure that we're in, this, in the very center of the will of God. Because, you know, you, you, you and I can't hear the voice of God clearly if we're out of His will. Amen. But if we're in His will, i tell you what, uh, it, being in His will is so wonderful. Because you can hear His voice. He can speak to you. It's clear. It's not garbled. And God just makes it very plain. Amen. And you say, yes, Lord. After you catch your breath. Amen. And then do it. Praise the Lord. Then the fifth thing and the last thing, and someone said, praise the Lord for that. Now, someone ought to say amen for that. Amen. Or Selah. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the fifth and last thing that we need to keep reminding ourselves is who the provider is. 
Who is the provider? Well, look, if you will, in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 9. The first two words of that verse says, And God is able. Now, that, that, that by itself ought to be enough. Amen? We, we could just put a period there. And God is able. Amen? But He didn't stop there. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, underline always, having all sufficiency, underline all sufficiency, in all things, underline all things, may abound to every good work. Wow! Now you talk about a verse packed full of, uh, of the fullness of God. That verse is. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, uh, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Amen? Now that's a, that's a mouthful, that's a verseful, that's really is a heartful, amen, of what God is able to do and does do. Amen? Now you say, well, Brother, Brother Joe, how in the world is God, I mean, how's He going to supply this? You, you said last night that, that, that the faith promise, a real faith promise, it involves more than just what I have as far as my income. And I said last night, for those of you that weren't here, is that we let, we let this pulpit here, the, from one edge of it to the other, represent what your income is, what you, what you make on a regular uh, basis, by the week or by the month, whatever. Here's your, here's your income. A- and you have this much uh, power, financial power. But God works out here. And, 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 and He has... All kinds of latitude out here. Amen? Amen? Uh, how does he do that, though? As I said, I've never had an offering drop out of the sky, Brother uh, Harvey. Never. I've received lots of offerings in my life, lots of special things, but never had one out, out of the sky. But you know what he does? He, uh, well, first of all, God sometimes does it by increasing your income. It's amazing how God can do that. You know? Uh, in fact, I know this. I, I believe that, that, that there are more people of God uh, that have received uh, uh, pay increases because of what they gave in their faith promise than for any other reason that they got pay increases. I mean, you know, the guy may think, well, I got a pay increase because I'm just doing such a good job. He don't realize that God went there and told the, the boss man, give him a pay increase. Amen? increase his pay. Amen? You know, you may be afraid of your boss, but God's not afraid of him. And God will walk right in the head office and, and look him right in the eyeball and say, hey, take care of old Joe over there. Take care of Tom. Take care of old Bill. Amen? Uh, you, you, you take care of him. Amen? Get that, get that in, give, him a, give me an in, increase. Amen? God will do that. And, and uh, God can increase our income. I've had, I've had many people write me and other people in churches where I'm at, I'm at on a regular basis year after year come up and tell me, Brother Joe, you know, last year I, I made this kind of a commitment here. And honestly, the very next week or, the, or a couple weeks after that, I got a, a salary increase that was, that was the exact amount or sometimes twice the amount of what my faith promise was. And I don't mean one time. I don't mean one little isolated thing. I'm talking about, I mean, I'm talking about 
family after family, individual after individual, that, uh, that have written me and that have, that have called me, that have told me face to face. Amen. Salary increases. God, God may do it through a pay increase. Amen. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Get a pay increase. You know, the second way God may do it, He may, he may decrease your expenses. That's amazing how God, you know, God can give you wisdom, amen, to manage your money more wisely and decrease your expenses. He can also do it, you know, He can also do it by, as I mentioned last night there in, in the book of Malachi, uh, I believe it is, maybe it's Haggai, how that God can rebuke the devourer. God can rebuke the devourer. He did that with, with the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. He said that to that devourer that usually eats up clothing, stop, shut your mouth. And they wore the same clothes for 40 years. That's what the Bible said. Amen? Their shoes. While well, these teenagers today, brother, they can wear a pair of tennis shoes out in three months. Amen? Right? God made their shoes last for 40 years. Huh? I'm getting out of the Bible, folks. I'm not making this up. It ain't a fairy tale. God made their shoes last and their clothes last. Do you think He can't do that today? Sure He can. Sure He does. Amen? He can make an automobile last. Amen? I had one old car back in the earlier days of our faith promise giving, a 1962 Ford Falcon. Amen. That I mean, it just ran and ran and ran, and year after year after year, I'm telling you what, I got tired of looking at that car. I said, Lord, you're good. Thank you. You're so good. But I, let me let this thing die. Amen. And it never did die. It just kept running. Kept running. Got tired of that old Ford. Amen. God will make that old car put in a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. Just amen. Just keep that old engine going. Amen. Rebuke the devourer. Make that refrigerator keep going. Amen. While that fellow down the down the block, you know, he doesn't he doesn't honor God, and boy, just a, the warranty wears out and plays out, and boom, the old fridge quits. Amen. The 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 the, uh, the washing machine goes out, the dryer goes out. Amen. So many things, but God can rebuke the devourer. And I'm not saying He's going to make everything you have last forever, but He can make it last. He could make it last forever. Amen. But you'd be like that me and that Ford. You'd get tired of looking at it. Amen. But it makes it last a long time. Amen. And also it give you wisdom. Amen. How to spend what you have in a, in a, in a, in a wiser way. Uh, for me, I, 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 like, uh, I like ties and handkerchiefs that match. All right. I, I, didn't, I forgot to bring my handkerchief this time, so I haven't. Oh, this is the only set I think I've got that matches. But you know... I always liked that, but they was always too expensive, so I just never buy them. And one day, God just seemed to say to me, won't you make your own? Well, Lord, how would I do that? And we said, well, you always have more tie than you need. Just cut off the end of it and take the end you cut off and put it on a 3 by 5 card. And uh, no one will know the difference. Amen? That looked nice. That looked nice, huh? Amen. And you didn't, you didn't, you never saw that, did you? Amen. Well, amen. That's just one of the things I'm saying. God can give you wisdom and show you how that you can have things and use things, things that you maybe need and like or enjoy, whatever, 
and 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 yet uh, you don't have to go down and go to Dillard somewhere and pay those big prices. Amen. I'm saying that God can not only increase your income, He can decrease your expenses, your doctor bills. Amen. Your dentist bills, automobile repair, all those things. Amen. And then you know, last of all, uh, God can supply through totally unexpected sources. Now those to me are exciting. Uh, I I came up back, I could say, in the depression, and back then you, you just didn't you you didn't have anything. I mean, my dad was a dryland farmer out in West Texas, and we starved out and finally moved to San Antonio in 1934. And uh, I mean, it was it was a tough time, but you know, if I ever got a penny. There was a special candy that I liked called a guess what. Now, guess what was uh, a guess what. Let me just illustrate if I can. A guess what was a boy. I tell you what, it, it makes my mouth water now to think about it. It was about a size. It came in a, in a in a roll of paper like that. The ends were twisted and it had big question marks all over it, and it said guess what. Boy, the thing that excited me about that was that there was always two pieces of candy in there. It wasn't the candy that made my mouth water. It was a, the surprise prize in there. Oh, I couldn't wait to go down and buy guess what? What am I going to get this time? Man, what is it? And boy, I'd take that penny down and put it on the counter. And boy, open that up, tear it open, and get those two pieces of candy inside. Ooh, look at there. Man, look at that. Ooh, look what I got this time. I got one of those... Little clickers, amen. Woo, a little cricket, amen. Woo, isn't that neat, amen. Uh, got me one of those spinners, you know. Look at that, man. I know that didn't excite you. I mean, this is this is old time stuff. But back then, we didn't have anything. Boy, spinner. Woo, look at that, man. Woo, man. I'm telling you what, I just could not wait to find what is going to be inside that. Guess what? Well, you know, God has promoted me now into a different kind of air, but I still. You know, every day is kind of like a guess what. Got those big question marks. Guess what? Oh, what's God going to do today? Amen. And, and 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 you know, so many so many unexpected ways that God sends in money. Amen. I got a letter the other day up in Lakey, Texas. It was from a a, a firm of attorneys. You know, like Smith, Smith, Brown, and Green, or whatever. You know, all the all these real official. I thought, oh man. What have I done now? Who's who's suing me? Whatever you know, it scared me to death. Really, I, it, it, I mean, it, had, it really had a card. You know, you had to go sign for. That's even worse. You know, I thought, man, what in the world? And I hate to hear it is. I just got back from from a, a tour of meetings and what have you, and got to face this and 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 well, I might as well go you know get it and face the music and what have you. And so I I gave the the card to the postmaster or postmistress it is. And uh, I said, I got a registered letter. Yeah, you have. Here it is. And and uh, I, I thought, man, someone's suing me, whatever. No telling what it is. And I opened that letter up and read the letter. And it said, uh, Dear Mr. West, uh, Mrs. So-and-so uh, recently passed away. And she uh, instructed us to send you uh, this check uh, for $1,000. Boy. I tell you, my sorrow turned to joy. Amen. I danced around that post office. Hallelujah. 
a $1,000 check, amen. What a blessing, amen. Unexpected, amen, just, just came in the mail, amen. Uh, here, here's, here's a, another unexpected, a little, a little girl, nine years old, in a church I was in, came up to me uh, the day I was leaving and, and just kind of handed him in, shyly walked away. A little, uh, I asked the pastor later who it was, he said it's Haley Fields, nine years old, and she put a $10 bill in there. Amen? Unexpected. This was one of the most unusual things. A fella came by our house and was doing some work on our house, and uh, uh, I was outside doing something, and, and, and he was talking with my wife inside while he was doing something on the air conditioning, and he said, what do you all do? And she said, you know, we're missionaries out trying to raise, uh, you know, funds for missionaries, what have you, doing, doing home mission work and so forth. And, uh, you know, he stopped and opened his billfold up. And he said, you know, I, I wish I had more money. All I had is a five and a one. And he gave it to the door and said, just use this in God's work. Six dollars. Unexpected. Amen. Uh, uh, here's one I got from the State Farm Insurance Company. I've sent them a lot of checks. But what a blessing for them to send me one. Amen. Amen. I said, thank you, State Farm. Amen. Praise God. Unexpected. Uh, here's one from the insurance company. I, boy, I tell you what, I've never had insurance company send me any money. Amen. But they sent me two checks, $177.45 each. Amen. Unexpected. Praise the Lord. They said, we overcharged you or whatever, and here it is. I said, well, amen for that. Praise God for that. Here's the electric, Bandera Electric Cooperative. Again, I've sent them lots of money, but they sent me a check. Amen. I mean, brother, uh, it just, and here's one from a little girl in Australia, Emily Brown. And uh, she gave this to the preacher to give to me and said, my love offering for, for Dr. and Mrs. Joe West, $5. Her little $5 bill still in there. Amen. Unexpected. I'm saying that, you know, God can supply through unexpected sources. Amen. God can supply through a, a, a salary increase. God can decrease your expenses. God can give you wisdom to manage your money more wisely. Amen. And then there are got to be probably a thousand other ways that God has to do things like that for us. Amen. When we honor Him with our giving. Amen. But we need to keep reminding ourselves. Amen. Reminding ourselves who the provider is. It is God. Amen. God. Let's stand together, please. Everyone standing, every head bowed. Father, thank you, dear Lord, for the sweet privilege of preaching here tonight. I thank you, God, for the attendance of your people. Thank you for your presence, dear God, so sweetly among us. And God, I pray that tonight, Lord, you'd bless your word. And God, I pray you'd finish the message, Lord, fill up the gaps that I've left. And God, help, Lord, the people to understand and, uh, and to believe in their heart the truths Dear God, that you make so clear and so plain here in the book of Corinthians. Now, God, we pray, have your way in this invitation time. We ask this all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. I'd like to have an invitation song tonight, and let me just invite you. I, I, I realize I preached about faith promise, and, and maybe, maybe some are, you know, you're still wrestling with what you ought to do. And, and, and don't, don't just arbitrarily settle something, folks. You ask God. And God will show you exactly what He wants you to do. And then just, just do it. Amen? I mean, don't, don't fret about it. And, and don't, don't be fearful about it. Just do what God shows you. And you'll see, you know, uh, 
Peter said to Jesus that night on that, on that terrible stormy night, they said, hey, Peter, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And he said, is that you, Lord? Yes, it's me. Well, well Lord, bid me to come to you. Well, he said, come on. <laughs> come on. But, but come on. He had to step out of the boat. He had to get out of the ship and step out on the, on the water. Huh? You ever walk on water? Peter hadn't either. But he did that night. Amen? He did that night. You believe that? Oh, yeah, I believe that. Oh, yeah, he walked on water. Amen? But you see, many of us are not willing to step out of the ship. The ship is, is what we're comfortable with. What we can see, we can do. That's, that's, that's where we feel safe. We've always done it this way. We, we, you know, we, we look at our budget, and this is what we can see we can afford to do. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'll do this because I feel safe here in the, in the boat. Well, it's all right, I guess, you want to stay in the boat. Me, I'd like to be out there with Peter walking in the water myself. Amen? Going to Jesus. Amen? Amen? You see, if, if we always do what we always did, we'll always get what we always got. Amen? We got to... You know, Jesus said to those disciples one night, I mean, one day there, uh, they, they, they got in the ship... And, and, and Jesus said, let loose from the land and launch out in the deep. Huh? You've you got to let loose the land before you can launch out in the deep. Right? Ooh. You mean I've got to untie the rope from the mooring there? I mean, I feel safe up here tied up to the bank. Amen? Couldn't I just kind of hold the bank, Lord? Huh? And get out in the deep maybe with one leg or something? Oh, no. You've got to let loose the land and launch out in the deep. Boy, it's wonderful when you let loose and just launch out. Amen? That's, that's where, you see up there in the banks where the minnows are. Out there, out there in the deep is where the big ones are. Amen? You like minnows or do you like them big old trout and them big old bass? Amen? Say, what are you preaching about? I'm preaching about believing God. That's what I'm preaching about. Amen?